Hello and welcome to the Refreshing Change podcast. My name is Nicola Scott and I will be your host. Karen, thank you so much for coming on the Refreshing Change podcast and joining me for a, for a conversation today. You're welcome. I'm excited to share and um, have a deep conversation with you, Nicola. Amazing. I love, as you know, I love our chat. So this is, we're going to be in for a treat today, I'm sure. Karen, you and I have known each other for a, for a number of years through the coaching space, I suppose. We were on a group programme what feels like years ago now, but it was actually just in 2020, wasn't it? It's, life is wildly different for me. And I'm sure you've experienced lots of change in those last three years as well. But just for the benefit of the listeners, can you share a bit about who you are, what you're all about, your kind of background and journey so far, and then we'll dive into some some juicy stuff. Yes, it's really hard to put your life, isn't it, into two seconds? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would try. So um, I'll just t- tell you a little bit about me first. So I am a mum of two children, two grown-up children. Um, I live in the centre of England and I... Before I was a coach, I was in marketing and comms for 26 years. So I did every single little job that you can imagine in the comms uh, and marketing kind of arena, digital video editing. I even did. I did all sorts of different things, script writing, copywriting, all sorts of things. Absolutely loved all of that. Um, And just kind of like climbed the corporate ladder and then kind of found myself being really burnt out, overwhelmed. Um, really kind of disconcerted with like my core values and things like didn't really even know what core values were back then but just didn't feel in alignment with myself just something was off anyway and um, yeah took some time out found coaching that was way back in 2016-17 retrained as a coach a transformational coach with mindful talent in 2017 and I also trained as a mindfulness teacher because I found like healing from like overwhelmed burnout doing that self-discovery and and that spiritual journey that I've since been on really started for me um in nature actually walking in mindful uh, mindfully in nature and uh, began kind of practicing more professionally meditation and mindfulness at that time so I then ended up combining transformational coaching and mindfulness to support people um throughout their own journey of like coming out of overwhelm and like being more balanced and that sort of thing um and then bringing myself up to the present day I now um also supervise coaches as well um I support coaches through their training um through the company that I trained with and then I also now supervise coaches to stay in alignment with themselves help them to stay balanced and also really for me now it's really about expanding self-awareness and helping people to embrace their lives and their work embrace the preciousness of their lives and their work um and to let go into change you know and uh, moving through change which I think really is is seems to be something that's that's very personal and also professionally important for a lot of people at the moment I love that I'm going to have so many follow-up questions. We're going to dive into some of that in a second, Karen. But because with the podcast, it's called the Refreshing Change Podcast, and I'm so passionate about change. I always ask my guests about how um, how they feel about change or how change has played a role in, in your life. So how do you approach change personally, Karen? So that's an interesting question, isn't it? Because I think, <laughs> do we, you know, do we consciously 
approach change I'm not really sure I think most of us I mean as coaches you know we probably do but as you know most of most people um, probably don't really approach change until something happens <laughs> and a, cha- a big change happens in in their life so for me personally it was when I got burnt out from work it was like oh my god what the hell's happening you know I had like yeah two or three months of feeling really discombobulated just didn't know you know felt like the the ground had gone from beneath me um another time was when I lost my parents I lost both my parents to brain tumors my dad in 2009 and and my mum in 2019 and then I lost my partner as you know to suicide in 2019 as well so huge huge changes like my my whole career changed lost people really in really close to me in life and also had this real personal before all of that happened personal experience of separation loss like complete whole of like confusion lack of clarity not knowing where my life was going lack of direction mm-hmm. so for me like generally I think change comes doesn't it uh, unexpectedly Mm. I think what's so interesting about that is that it's unexpected, i.e. we were not in control of it. And so what I find very fascinating and interesting about the, the, the theme of change is how can we, and, you know, I'm always exploring this question, how can we let go more into change? Because actually change is everywhere. It's everything life is we're not in control of of life mainly there's so much of life that we can't control or we're not in control of but by letting go we can be more creative Mm -hmm. and for me that's what change is all about it's actually about creativity and about letting go into the unknown space which can be uncomfortable Um, But definitely the things that helped me when change, big change happened was the letting go piece, was the getting comfortable with the uncomfortable feelings of loss, grief, tragedy, trauma, you know, all the things that I've worked through since then. So I guess for me, that's what it's all about is um, being aware that change is everything and it, it's it's just a very natural thing and you know even though we've probably been brought up to um control change to just create change and maybe not to just allow change to come in if that makes sense and wash over us yeah. So, yeah, so that's kind of my my initial thoughts on it mm, I love all of that I think the I quite often talk about change being in two camps it's that like intentional change where we go out and make it happen you know we set a goal and uh, but also that there's a big bit of it that you were saying in terms of the you know the stuff we can't control the the changes that happen out with our control or even our influence that we then adapt to I suppose um and you're so true at the very start you said about you know change is obviously quite often prompted by something big happening to us and again I'm sure I've heard this multiple times before but my coach always reminds me of it is around the you know 
where are you on your journey are you walking along the riverbank and aware of some things you might want to change but you know you're quite happy and content with life or are you in the river thinking right this is a bit more serious I'm I need to start exploring what changes I could make or are you in the river rapids and thinking right I really need to ask for help right now and do something about this and and that might you know that that comes from lots of different areas or or walks of life doesn't it in terms of we're all going through our own journey um but there's so much in that I love that no one's ever answered that question and brought up creativity as a as a um not a solution to the change but almost the to embody that as a result of the change I love that so in terms uh, and this kind of like takes us on to I suppose my first question and then I know we'll we'll, we'll dive off in lots of tangents Karen but you're when I'm reading your bio and doing a bit of um of my homework before we recorded this your bio says and I don't know if it if it's this, this is still true but it said let go and live your one precious life and I just thought that's so powerful and I suppose you've touched on some of that already but if you were to expand on that or what was the thought or feeling that prompted you to kind of describe it in that way yeah so I would say probably the losses that I've experienced in my life mm-hmm. um, is where that statement came from <clears throat> and it actually actually came to me um through a meditation that I did mm-hmm. and um I mean also like a sense of knowing and like deeper wisdom within me that emerged when I spent time with in solitude with my grief and you know really thinking about and feeling what life is what life actually is and when I lost my partner to suicide when I lost Darren to suicide I almost immediately something happened in the moment when I actually when I when we found out and it's quite an emotional thing still to even talk about but in the moment when I found found out when we found out I should say as a family I just gathered my children together and I said a prayer of gratitude and that was a moment in my life that was pivotal because I realized how precious life is and I realized in that moment how grateful I was to be alive Mm -hmm. even though I felt and it was like all the feelings came at once Mm -hmm. I was desperately sad desperately in shock desperately like in separation in deep sadness and loss but I was also had this heightened emotion of awakeness Mm. life is precious Mm -hmm. and I'm so grateful that I'm alive and my children are still here Mm. and so that's where that came from and I think it sort of from that moment on it just deepened my whole life experience of knowing that to be here the privilege actually to be here Mm. and to experience and to feel everything that we have the ability to feel see touch smell you know mm-hmm. the life experience that we get to breathe and, and have this life force come through us and we get to share that with other people and connect with other people and love each other 
it just it just from that moment that's that kind of sense of like life is precious and we need to live it as much as we can um as best we can but also not to be perfect but when I say as best we can I mean you know allow ourselves to feel life as much as we possibly can mm. does that answer your question yeah yeah such a like profound and vulnerable answer can so thank you I think it's um there's lots in that around like you said about like feeling the emotion um having gratitude and what was a really really traumatic experience for you and the family and that sense of being able to be grateful when there's deep pain and suffering is is I suppose something that everyone listening to can can learn from because that takes a lot of courage and strength to even I suppose go to that place or had you already been on your journey of what was the timeline had you started your mindfulness prior to that yeah so had, had you pulled yeah. on so 2016 your... 17 I had my overwhelmed burnout emotional yeah. breakdown type of experience yeah um and so I'd already been working with gratitude I'd already been working with like deepening my relationship with myself self-awareness like knowing what was happening like in in within my inner world and so I think it was it was more natural to me then yeah. to, to go to the total negative mm. space within and and actually to be able to because I'd lost my mum in the March and I lost my partner in the September I'd already been through this deep grief with my mum and I lost my my dad in 2009 uh, with my dad I, I was not in a mindful space in 2009 I was busy I was working all the time I was very much in my head and I think when I lost my dad I didn't spend that mindful time with my dad when he was passing away because he was in hospital with a brain tumor and you know it was very quick but you know I I didn't have that depth of understanding of of yeah. death and what was happening at the time when my mum passed away I'd been practicing really a lot probably for, for nearly 10 years by that time and so I spent when we knew my mum was going to pass away I spent mindful time with my mum mm. and I was in the experience and then when my partner passed away obviously I wasn't with him but I had a real understanding that even though he'd passed over and that ch massive change had happened there was an emergence that happened in that moment where we were still connected mm. and I you know I'm going to bring every time because I always bring it back to the brain that our brain is it works in a map it's everything is connected and so allowing ourselves to let go of the the stringent stringent or the restrictive ways that we feel we have to go through these experiences because our brain is always mapped towards the threat the risk you know it's like we're always looking for that in our brain yeah so it's you know being able to be more compassionate with ourselves and grateful and knowing that precious of preciousness of life in that moment it helps you to move towards that more appreciate you know the appreciation of life if that makes sense and the, and the preciousness of life um and for me nature you know, which I'd love to talk about more is that, you know, nature helps us to be in that space, a more open space um, of receiving and knowing that 
everything is connected and that actually for me personally my belief is that you know when we pass over and we we die that we're still here somehow you know and that we can still be connected to our loved ones so there's a deep theme that goes under everything that I do whether I work with um coaching clients or I'm supporting coaches with their with their own purpose and passion and and I've heard this lots of I suppose in my own journey or coaching journey but about that the depth you can take someone else is almost the depth that you've been willing to go yourself and you've gone on that journey Karen haven't you over the over the years and I suppose that the timeline of your life you know having the tools to pull on I sometimes think you know when you, you the first kind of um if I'm right in saying that the, the kind of entry into the mindfulness and the coaching was through the burnout and overwhelm at work but how amazing that you then had the skill set to then you know deal with life as you've moved through your journey and I suppose that's a thing people often or I find people quite look singularly at things in their life that happen but actually that whole journey to discover self and deepen our own relationship with ourselves and the world around us allows us to then deal with anything that comes up doesn't it absolutely and I really I love the quote which has been coming back to me for a week and a half (laughs) for some reason this quote keeps coming back and it keeps coming back up and that is um I don't know if I think you I think we might have spoken about it before we've had our chats but the power of now Mm -hmm. um book by Eckhart Tolle is just a beautiful book if anybody's listening and they're in a place where they feel you know they're going through like an awakening or they're they're struggling with change it's a fantastic book that helps you to do exactly what we're talking about here um and uh, Eckhart Tolle says um that, that what the caterpillar thinks is the end of the world we see as a butterfly mm-hmm. and I just love that quote because the caterpillar has to go through into becoming liquid which when we think about the chrysalis of a caterpillar we think of something physical that's happening in there inside there don't we and we think all the wings are growing and it's stretching and it's then it comes out actually it becomes a soup it actually completely liquefies and it's fascinating and we can really use this quote to really help us if we're going through difficult difficulty with change or very importantly when you get to understand resistance to change that we have to go through it and as it, as soon as you realize that you're resisting some kind of change and the best way to know that is to be in tune with your body and to connect with your body which is why I practice somatic mindfulness and I teach somatic mindfulness to be in your body and to recognize the resistance in your body to help yourself to let go of that in there's so many different ways that we can do that um but to help yourself to let go of that resistance helps you to go into that state of really what we call in the coaching space is is listening is the listening space is the quietness is the silence is the solitude or so solitude I like to call it of that Mm -hmm. and from that space that's trans when transformation occurs Mm -hmm. that's where creativity occurs and going back to that what we talked about at the beginning creativity 
it comes from space not space out there not there but space creating space for yeah. a butterfly to to be created and yeah. that creature that we know as the butterfly comes entirely from liquid which is crazy isn't it when you think about it it's it's a a beautiful process of the unknown it's still very unknown to us mm. what exactly happens in that space yeah so, yeah that's how I I come back to that sense of the preciousness of life you know that there is a lot about life that we still don't know but mm. could could we just embrace that a bit more and allow the creativity to emerge from the space that we that we feel uncomfortable in you know we know as coaches that when we're holding space for somebody and we notice that they're feeling uncomfortable we know something's coming up that is going to be transformational so we ask a question and ask for permission to go a little bit deeper into that space mm. so yeah for me it's very much the transformational change in that space of just being uncomfortable you know yeah I love that kind of when you you said about transformation happening you know when we're in that listening or the silence or the stillness and then um, I don't know what your take on this is but if you were to uh, you know look across society there's a real lack of that you know if we this is a very general sweeping statement of people's lives, but there's so much busyness and noise happening out there, whether that's in family life or or the corporate or in, you know, there's just that. And I don't know, I often ponder that if we just created this fast-paced world external to ourselves, which distracts us from that, you know, silence and stillness, which you know, and I and I, I suppose I've lived in both worlds and and so have you to a certain extent, you know, with your corporate life beforehand. But I think back to the days where I, you know, worked the, you know, I'm doing air quotes for those listening, the nine to five life. And it was, it was just one day to the next day. And, you know, I didn't have the same space or time or or skills, you know, I've definitely gone on a journey with that. But to do the self-discovery and self-discovery, inquiry I suppose at the depth that I've done it latterly in the last couple of years so do you think that's a real problem with society that there's not you know it's not a given that people have got that space and and time and skill set to go there yeah well I think with, ev with every problem that we notice there's an opportunity right mm -hmm. yeah so my mindfulness teacher calls it nexting not texting nexting and he always tells the story of seeing somebody outside of, of his car window as he's sat in, in the car and seeing somebody walking down the street and they're just like, you know, I'm mimicking holding a phone in front of my phone and just looking at the phone mm. because they're, they're looking at what's next. Mm -hmm. They're not in this moment. And as long as we're not in this moment, we, how can we possibly be living our precious life? How could we possibly be, we're not living our lives because as we know, and it's very, it's it's a common theory, I think that, that most people do understand today because there's so much knowledge and information and wisdom out there that we can only live in the present moment. There isn't the past 
The past doesn't exist and neither does the future yet. Okay. That's not to say that we can't create the future. That's not what I'm saying, but let's focus on the near future rather than worrying about what's coming next, worrying about controlling and creating and making sure we know exactly what's going to happen next. What might happen if we were to focus more on the present moment and allow that space of creativity to emerge because that's where true freedom lies in a peace when you're fully present you're not anxious you're not worried you're not stressing about what's coming next because there's actually nothing wrong in this present moment nothing there's nothing wrong in this present moment So most people are focused on next. Yeah. And it creates a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety. It it activates that part of our brain that is so conscious of threats, you know, worries, challenges, what's, what's, you know, what's going to threaten me. And of course, then we become, we feel unsafe and unsafety is the primary primary cause of stress and you know anxiety, illness, mm. disease, disease. We don't feel at ease. Mm. Yeah, and I suppose there's the um, like, and you use the example of the phone. It's so relatable, but there's so much of I suppose modern life that's. Um, that's distracting us from being in the present. But I suppose the power comes back to us to then put that stuff aside and just choose to be in the present, isn't it? It's almost like, you know, and I, yeah, I definitely shifted lots of my world views about how the world runs, but there's lots of that that I think designed to distract us from the present, you know, to keep us in a, you know, fear state or not um, necessarily in tune with who we are. Because that's powerful, isn't it? When we're in tune with, who we are and live in that yeah present grateful moment I think I I think that's absolutely true absolutely true and and the thing is like we have basic needs as human beings and with all of everything that we allow to ourselves to be distracted from with I should say we are moving further and further away from that basic need and one of our brain's basic needs is connection to other people because we are all connected on some level or another. Mm. And as our brain works in that way of mapping and connections, we have that basic need of being connected to other people. Mm. So if we are very focused on the technological way of doing that or an artificial way of doing that or a way of doing that that is only involving us thinking about what's coming in the next meeting or who's going to judge me or who doesn't like me or if what if I do this and it doesn't work out. It totally goes against our basic need, which is to have that deeper connection with each other and also to be in a free and creative state of being. And that only comes from being present in the moment. And this is why I work and I I connect to nature so much myself personally each day because it it, it helps me to let go and be more natural, Mm. be more my natural self 
be in the present moment as my natural self without all these other things there's enough of those things you know for me and and they're they're useful all useful tools social media technology it's all fantastically useful to, tools and can help us to be creative but without the foundation of being present and listening and being in that space to allow our minds to be more open to allow the will to be more open and to be kind and compassionate to ourselves when we are feeling stressed and overwhelmed then you know what are we doing with our what are we doing with our lives if we're not in that space that's that's you know that's what I've come to to know and love about my life is that I know how to be in that space now not all all, I'm not there all of the time because I get caught up like everybody else but I know the value of that and that's again it comes back to that phrase that one precious life Mm. to live it in the moment as much as you possibly can I love that. The one thing that just popped into my mind when you were speaking, Karen, and I think it was my coach who shared this with me around, I think it's relatable in this situation, but also in lots of others, is do we make choices and behave and act from a place of intention or from a craving? And this came up with my coach when we were chatting about chocolate, I have to say, um, about the choice. But it's the same with the phone. I find myself picking up my phone and doom scrolling that's a, that's a craving. My brain's, you know, needing a bit of the dopamine hit. But it's my intention to spend my time just scrolling. Like, it's different. I think that's the, for me, the difference, to differentiate where the, like, like you say, like there's purpose and benefit of technology and some, you know, but it's coming back to what's the intention behind how I'm spending my time or what I'm using it for rather than, taking me out of the present moment or um yeah being or being another distraction or noise to add to take me away does that make sense it, it's something it's an interesting one to ponder um well, just, oh on you go sorry Nicola oh, yeah I was, just, I was just gonna say that all you know all all distraction all distraction is resistance to the present moment mm all of it yeah addiction any distraction anything that we get lost in that is giving us that instant gratification it's all resistance to the present moment Mm -hmm. but that that's when I kind of like realized that and I I I guess I I came to understand and know that for myself through grief Mm. because I recognized that through grief and you know grief in itself is you know for me grief is everywhere like it's not just the loss of somebody it happens with so many different things and you begin to recognize that you don't want to be in that space all of the time and grief is a process it's a long process and it's like a roller coaster and it's you know it's something that you resist you do resist it because you don't always want to be sad. You don't always want to feel down and low and or want to be in that space and letting go and crying. And, you know, so at some point you resist it <laughs> and you start to distract yourself with something or, you know, social media or like just anything, you know. And so it's that recognition of knowing that transformation wants to happen, change wants to happen 
but we're resisting it from distracting ourselves mm. so I just I just find you know when we're talking about like society as a whole I find it so fascinating that you know I don't know what the stats would be it'd be good to interesting to look it up but what is that percentage that of our of, of people's brains these days that are actually are just in distraction mode and instant gratification um and I think there's some interesting conversations that are going around at the moment about social media and how social media came about and actually the people that actually created it are now sort of like going oh god we've kind of created this monster that we don't really know how to how to how to control it I put it back in the cage yeah and this is the this is the thing right you know when things are things are created and you know I love I like having conversations about AI at the moment because that's like so fascinating and interesting and like there's a lot of fear around it and you know how do we control it how do we use it how do we make sure it doesn't destroy me (laughs) in inverted commas and it's just so interesting isn't it that creation emerges and it it comes about and it blooms but then we try and control it and then also does that creation then become a distraction from something else that needs to be created or transformed or be in the present moment with so I just find the whole thing (laughs) fascinating people's minds you know my mind just how things are created the space how we can work with that it's all interesting stuff oh it like it's fascinating and I like I knew like you always blow my mind Karen when we have a chat there's always various light bulbs going off in my own mind but yeah I love that that the distraction is the resistance to the present moment that blows me away definitely one to ponder on the <laughs> lots of what you've been speaking about um cause I, and, I, and I will circle back to nature because I know we're keen to chat about that but the concept of self-awareness I know you're really passionate about it and lots of it lots of what you've been speaking about and sharing I suppose self-awareness is like the fundamental foundation of all of that stuff like you you said earlier about um feeling in your body or being aware of that like chatter in your mind or where your mind goes about worrying but a lot of that for me anyway like the foundation of that is self-awareness what's your I suppose take on self-awareness and just give me a flavor of what your your feeling is about that yeah I guess so a lot of the foundation for me is in the present moment is by spending more time being present mm-hmm. you notice mm-hmm. and we know you know through the course that we both we've both done we notice what we notice we notice more in when we're when we're in the present moment we notice what actually is reality what is the reality of what's going on how much of it is like a, a big story that we've created that on top of something that is a limiting belief Mm. um and how much of it is real what's really happening how can we work with that so self-awareness is is for me the the greatest foundation that any of us can can work on for ourselves um and I guess you know when we're thinking about connecting with the body again it comes back to that practice of solitude or solitude or whatever you want to call it um, my favorite teacher, Tich Nhat Han, he calls it the personal island. You know, we create, you know, when we're mindful, we create our, our personal island, that it's our own space of safety that we could come back to. And I think, you know, from that helped me, served me so much over the years when, because I was a person that easily became overwhelmed. 
and to be to know that I could come back to this place of safety within me gave me that solid foundation to stand on mm. you know that foundation of self-awareness and who I am and who I really am underneath all of this craziness that goes on in our minds and out in the world mm. it just gave me that that confidence my self-confidence back and my self-esteem um and so that awareness like the space like for things to emerge like in that solitude and it it's it's beyond the mind you know the body is beyond when we're connecting with the body and we're, we're being really truly self-aware it's beyond our mind it's beyond the the stories that go on in our mind because a lot of that is just is that hard wiring that goes on you know between the ages of naught and seven that that's how we create and, that, and we we run our lives from that you know a lot of people are, are still you know running their lives from that perception of those limiting patterns that have been in in programs or whatever you want to call it that have been um channeled into our brain and are running their lives from that but we also know that it's easy it's easier it's hard for us to break those patterns we know that but it's also easier to focus and create new patterns so when we're thinking about self-awareness we are focused on being still letting go of the old story but you know just not focusing on it in other words we don't need to when once we know we've got a choice what to focus on <laughs> you come from a different place so being in more creative present spaces and um focusing on creating new patterns and just being creative with it without trying to judge it without and I love one of my um favorite artists because I studied art when I was a teenager and I went to uni and I did graphic design and um I lo used to love Andy Warhol stuff mm -hmm. and I think he said um he talks about creativity and just that creativity is beyond words. You know, it's not, and it's, it's just about, he's, he just said, just do it, just create, just create art and don't worry about what people say. Don't worry about what people think, just keep creating it. And, and even if that story goes through your mind, just keep creating art. And I really like that because it's just about, being it's just about being in the uh, in the creative space and not creating it for any reason not creating it worrying about what people think about it creating a story around it creating meaning to it you're just creating mm -hmm. that makes sense so that's what's for me what self-awareness helps you to do because you're in that open space where you know what's what's real what is a bit of a story and so you can just be in that more space of like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna create something and just see what happens <laughs> like you know just enjoy when you said just do it it's interesting that, um so that was from Andy Warhol from a creation point of view but my brain jumped to Nike which is interesting <laughs> but I had just maybe that's where they got it from yeah well maybe but I'd heard um I think it was Simon Sinek who absolutely fangirl him um he it was like one of these reels on Instagram I saw him talking about and he was talking about Nike and about where just do it came from and I think a lot of people associate that with winning or gold medals or success but actually 
they talked about more from just get out on the field and it's exactly what you were saying just just go and do the doing you don't need to worry about the outcome it's not about um the medals it's about going out and like messy experimentation or creation or just so it's really interesting that's completely different worlds from sport and art but I'm weird that I just heard that real the other day and well not weird we know it's all meant to be this is why um because we were going to record this couple of weeks ago and I wouldn't have heard that real so I love that divine timing um but yeah there is just so much power in just the doing and creating and the being you know without the and I suppose it's just we do it to ourselves don't we it's like the human thing we then layer on the expectation and the pressure and the definition of success and you know what other people think like that's all layers that we put on you know obviously we're programmed by society and that you know it's all around us you know we strip life back like I find it it fascinates me that where we get to with all of that sort of stuff um but yeah I love that the, the yeah self-awareness and tapping into ourselves can I know you've mentioned nature loads and um I want I wanted to make sure we got that in so what I suppose talk to me about your journey with nature and how I think you said earlier about it it allows you to kind of embody that creative nature yourself so you know what is it is it about nature well, I could record a whole hour's podcast <laughs> with, but I'll try and be really, really quick if anybody's interested in this type of thing. So for me, nature has helped me and helped. And I guess I, I do talk about, I suppose I use nature metaphors and things when I'm speaking and when I'm talking and supporting my clients. And the reason why I do is because we are nature. So that's the very the very reason that I've come to realize that I am nature, we are nature, you are nature. Mm -hmm. So it would be futile to kind of resist that really and not, um, you know, respect and totally want to sort of understand and, and, and work and be with nature more um, because it's there and it wants to help us. And I really believe that nature shows us how to work with our um resistance our limiting beliefs and our brain in a very very natural way um and not just our brain our body you know we, there's lots of oh, I actually take um I work with a lady who does flower remedies and um she creates rem um flower essences um from plants and flowers and it's really helped me with my well-being so that's just like one tiny little thing um, I take superfood, natural, organic superfood powders every day, all created from nature, totally no chemicals. Mm. Again, helps me massively with my journey. Um, but sort of talking about nature as a whole, you know, for me, learning to become still in nature and, and I guess sort of learning from nature, what nature does. Um, so, for example, one of the meditations that I do is the mountain meditation and for me, it's just so great, for, you know, for overwhelm because you learn to sit like the mountain and everything, you know, you learn to see everything else as the weather. Mm. That thing, you know, change is the weather and we allow ourselves to be, to be evolved by the weather and to be changed by the weather. It's okay. It's all right to allow things to change us, you know? But within that, we allow ourselves to be still like the mountain. 
and we notice and we notice change you know we notice that the weather is there we notice how it feels we notice what rain feels like we notice people moving up and down the mountain you know it's all it's a beautiful meditation but it really helps you to become still and be in that place of self-awareness so that's just another way I mean there's so much I could talk about but you know for me it's kind of keeping that relationship with ourselves and that basic need that we have within our brain our body to feel that inner freedom and what better way than to spend time in the most free place in the world out in nature noticing the seasons noticing that you have seasons in yourself Mm -hmm. you have your own cycles you know particularly as women we have cycles we have different part times when we're feeling different things and allowing yourself to just work with that and move with that and be free with that um Mm -hmm. it's just a it's a beautiful thing so I could I could talk about it for hours but Mm -hmm. yeah nature is a big part of my life yeah, I love that. And the, the the bit with when we're recording this, we're kind of just moving into spring now. So I'd love that kind of like change of season. I think spring's a really interesting season. I don't know what your take on this kind is about that like regrowth and rebirth and you know, the trees and flowers and plants have all died off over over the winter and then they're being you know, they'll start blossoming in spring. I, I like I love I love a cherry blossom tree, I'm obsessed. Um but I love that analogy for us to take that. And this is probably the first year I've definitely hibernated a little bit more in winter. I've gone a bit slower pace, been more compassionate with myself. But I have really felt a shift in energy in my in myself with spring coming round to be like, right, I feel ready to kind of, I don't know, go out and blossom in the world. Um, so I love, and I, you said earlier about the using analogies and I suppose lots of them, um, lessons we can take from nature again I heard this the other day around and it relates to what you're saying about the change earlier about some really hard times someone talked about you know if you feel like you're in a really dark place and you feel like you've been buried under the soil it's actually just thinking about it well actually I'm just ready to grow through it do you know and that is that change for lots of people does go through that journey doesn't it yeah yeah yeah, absolutely it's beautiful and you know, also to recognise that, because I mean, yes, absolutely, we're get, we're in spring now, but actually in reality, you know, m- meteorologically, it was the beginning of the year at the beginning of March. So if, if you do work in this way, you know that January really isn't the time to be doing all these new year, new me type things. Yeah. yeah. Very much still in wintering. It's not, it doesn't mean that we don't do things and we don't carry on with our lives and we do what we what, what we need to do, but we just have this underlying aware awareness that and self-awareness that actually we don't feel that we want to be doing that at the moment. And that's okay. And you can go through a season in a day, in 24 hours. You know, you can go through being in the darkness. Uh, you know feeling that transformation going into that soup of the caterpillar and becoming a butterfly in one day if that's what your body and your brain and your being needs then allow yourself to do that and feel that but just don't resist it that's that's my message don't resist the seasons because you know allow yourself to be natural that's where true creativity and transformation really comes from Mm. Yeah, just that the allowing, isn't it? 
and using it's that inner wisdom you said earlier about like our body knows it's the I suppose it's then having that self-awareness to tap into that a bit more and I'm we all go through you know we're all at different stages of our journey and if people are at the beginning of their journey I'm going to ask you in a second for some of your top tips for getting started but some of this can feel like you know and it did to me a couple of years ago but like this feels a bit woo-woo and a bit weird and it, I don't really understand what language these people are speaking but I've just been open and curious and gone on the journey and I'm in a very different place now than I was a couple of years ago so it's not I often think with this people it's not like you just dive into personal growth and transformation and suddenly it all clicks it's a journey isn't it and it's using the having the self-awareness to to listen to your body, your mind, your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, and use all of that along your evolution. I don't know. Do, do you know what I mean? It, 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 like the whole thing fascinates me. What would be your kind of top tips for people kind of starting to explore this type of work, Karen? Where would they, where would they even begin? So I always think this is an interesting question because I believe that everybody finds a different entry point okay yeah. and they probably continue to do that so what I found when when I first started is different to what I find helpful now and also that's going to be different for everybody so what yeah. I what I tend to come from is that's that space of like that is kind of unified which is self-awareness mm -hmm. so noticing mm-hmm that's that's what I start with now whether you notice by just doing a bit of reflection and meditation in your at the beginning or the end of the day whether you start journaling and just actually writing what you're noticing and when I say noticing it might be noticing predominantly noticing what you happen what's happening within you mm -hmm. so noticing oh I felt really uncomfortable then noticing oh I felt really resistant or I felt like somebody was judging me or I felt like I was judging or you know or I had this really crazy dream last night I wonder what that means and you kind of go off and you just just be creative with it and just just but notice what you're noticing that's going on within you because that is the caterpillar stage where you're you're allowing things to just be noticed and not judging it you're not saying oh god why why is this happening you're just being curious and curiosity is really what opens up that space of create if we can remain curious and not closed off and not blaming resentment judging and all of that we can come into a space of that's interesting oh I might just find out a bit more about that and yeah so that's what I would say so you know, for me, I started walking in, in nature, being mindful, meditating in nature, just walking without earphones, without podcasts, without talking to people on the phone, but actually just being with myself. So the, coming back to this idea of solitude or solitude, journaling, and these are some ideas, uh, whatever it takes to help you to slow down and listen. Oh, amazing. I'm going to leave it there because I feel like that was such a powerful ending. But Karen, thank you so much for your your time and your wisdom I knew we would people have to go and listen to this again because there were so many golden bits of information in there so thank you so much pleasure thank you very much thank you so much for listening I really hope you enjoyed that episode and make sure you subscribe and follow the podcast so that next week you can join us again <laughs>